Welcome to the Bonner Private Research Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Bowman. Each week, we bring you exclusive conversations with members of Bill Bonner's private research team, as well as some special guests we'll meet along the way. We're trying to connect the dots, from high finance to lowly politics, private investments to public follies, from Wall Street to Main Street, at home and on the road. We're into sound money, personal freedom, classical books, and great wines. Not always in that order. So join me and the rest of the Bonner Private Research team as we pack our bags and follow the money. of your year playing golf on world-class links courses during the Irish high summer. Then a few months either side on your oceanfront property down on Portugal's Atlantic coast. And the rest of your year traipsing around Latin America, zipping off to beachfront resorts from your home base in Cabo San Lucas. For most people, that kind of jet-setting lifestyle would be a dream come true. But for international real estate hunter Ronan McMahon, it's merely his everyday reality. You see, a long time ago, Ronan decided he didn't want to live with heating or air conditioning, that he didn't wish to pass his days in a cubicle, sitting in rush hour, or working for a salary to pay needless bills and fees and the high cost of living that he didn't want in his life anyway. Over the years, Ronan has made a career out of showing people, just like you and me, how to do precisely the same. That is, to ditch the commute, to say goodbye to the office, and to begin living the kind of life you've always dreamed of, but, and perhaps until recently, thought impossible. I've known Ronan personally for nearly two decades now, and as somewhat of a permanent traveller myself, I can more than vouch for his bona fides as a real boots-on-ground international investor, one who has an uncanny knack for seeing around the corner when it comes to identifying the next trend in international real estate and international living. It seems only appropriate then that when I caught up with him earlier in the week from his sometimes home down here in Baja, California, Ronan was actually overlooking the Atlantic coast out front of his villa in Portugal. I made sure to ask him about the Zoom Town phenomenon, which he called years ago, by the way, about travel during the time of COVID and where he thinks the next path of progress might be, including the best real estate opportunities that that trend will present to early and savvy investors. Please enjoy our truly international conversation. Up next. So, mate, where where exactly are you right now? It's 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 often tough to keep track of your uh, of your whereabouts, which is a good thing, I guess. I'm hi, hi Joel. Lovely to see you and chat to you as always. Um, I'm in Portugal's Silver Coast, which is kind of my spring and fall home. So the the way I organize my year is I have a kind of a block in Northern Hemisphere winter in Cabo, where you are now, where you are now. Then I have spring in Portugal, high summer in Ireland, then fall in Portugal, and then back to back to Cabo and the, the cycle repeats. And, you know, I, <laughs> I use each of those places as a base for kind of travel and exploration, you know, more regionally. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in Cabo, for example, you're scouting out other opportunities in Costa Rica or Nicaragua or what have you. Is that kind of 
more or less how it goes. Exactly. So first of all, you know, we've had a lot of opportunity in, in, in Mexico. So Cabo facilitates kind of ease of travel within Mexico and then Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Brazil, you know, just anything in the the, the Western Hemisphere kind of comes mm. at that block of time when when I'm in my Cabo base. Right. And of course, you know, plenty of scouting on my doorstep in Cabo too, because it's a it's a it's a market that's been extremely good to us, where we've had a number of really exciting opportunities. And um, I guess for for reasons like why you're there right now, um, just more and more people are being attracted there. Um, it's got this really fast growing kind of community of remote workers tourism is growing it's it's expanding from a market that was primarily kind of timeshare and super rich into a a much broader market and um really really exciting times there too yeah i have to confess this is uh despite having lived in mexico uh mexico city that is uh, a couple of years ago this is actually my first time out to cabo but um, as usual, you've done your homework, and I'm I'm very impressed because, um, as we were just talking about uh, before the before the recording here, uh, this this West Coast sunset deal is um, <clears throat> is very attractive indeed. And of course, you've got the cold water of the Pacific, which um, you know is is very good for seafood, and and uh, you know you've just got these dramatic uh, dramatic sundowner uh, postcard settings, which is. Um, which is very delightful indeed. But mate, last time you and I were were speaking, I just had a look at this before. It was about a year ago, and uh, you were talking about Zoom towns, <laughs> which uh, now it seems like everybody's talking about them. But you were way ahead of that trend. Um, and I went back and had a, a bit of a listen to our conversation, and you'd cited things like cost of living in in big metropolises. You know, increasing violence, overcrowding, particularly uh, obviously during during the pandemic when people were, were uh, you know very worried about that. Um, it, you know, how has that trend shaped up over the last year? You seem to have called it a long way out. Yeah, th- I mean, thanks, Joel. I mean, I guess kind of first of all, it's a trend that you know <clears throat> I've been calling for for several years now. So, I mean, there's just this. Thing, that there are these internationalized places that are attractive and reaching out and encouraging, you know, internationally mobile people to, to come and relocate there. And then what we had with um with with COVID and with the pandemic was just this this great accelerator. So it just threw through gasoline on the fire of this trend that was happening anyway, whereby people were stuck in their cars, stuck in traffic jams, stuck in, you know, high HOA fees, high property taxes, high rents, high mortgages, high, high everything, unpleasantness mm-hmm. everywhere. And people were just saying, enough is enough. This is my life. Why the hell am I spending it here? Why am I <clears throat> spending more in property taxes alone in California, then I can get 
than than the cost of a true beachfront condo, for example, in in Portugal, where, where I'm now including your mortgage, including your golf club subscriptions, including your property taxes, including all your insurances, plus pocket money. What you know, it, it right. it's it, it's just broken. And what we saw mm-hmm. with COVID was, um. I guess the, the the resistance snapped because now people didn't have to come into the office. They didn't have to break from their their jobs to 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 make that change. Where where it it's been proven that you know you can you can go to a different place and many many of our jobs you know as as you've been doing for the two close on two decades that I've known you that you can do your job working remotely and that now applies to so many things and you know I just I just saw it firsthand I just saw it happening and this is the big thing about about my beat and my team's beat, you know, we're, we're out there with boots on the ground. So when we see this happening in Tulum, when we see the influx of digital nomads, we're, we're there and we understand straight away what that means in terms of the, the local rental market there, what, what it means in terms of demand for various other commercial real estate, whether that's childcare facilities for schools um but you know being in cabo when all this happened it was just so remarkable because almost overnight the kind of the age profile of my community and um when i'm there i live in a community called copala in the kavira community which is just on the other side of 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 the cape or the are the arch to you i live on the the pacific side Mm-hmm. And almost overnight, the age profile flipped from, you know, retirees to young professionals in their in their late 20s, early 30s, young families. The gym went from being mm-hmm. abandoned, empty to being packed with all these kind of <laughs> super, super fit people. The what what was a party what was two party rooms all of a sudden became colonized as a co-working space and you just saw people in there with headsets and two and three monitors and you know just everything changed and what's happening now is the retirees are coming back the you know there's the 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 old original markets of tourists and vacationers are coming and they're layering on top of that market that that isn't going away you know the data out of you know cancun has had its busiest year ever in terms of traffic numbers cabo is is surpassing um, various records at the moment in terms of in terms of spending you know right now it's the the pretty much the lowest season in Cabo because you're there there in hurricane season and um and th- this trend is is here to stay and it's got a profound driver in terms of real estate values a profound driver in terms of our opportunities to make money from international real estate and i think it's also just a great big wake up call for everyone that there's another way to to live your life you know that there's there's a way to live your life free from hour-long commutes from the cubicle from you know from chasing a, a salary to pay these bills that 
you know, you don't need any of that. Um, so it's been a really, really, really interesting time. It's also been a an interesting time from the the perspective of the benefits of having, you know, multiple citizenships and multiple residencies as as I do because I've been able to move freely you know move freely across Latin America move freely if I wanted to into into North America move freely through Europe um just because I have that kind of I guess diversification by having multiple passports and and multiple residencies so I feel like it's a it's a moment where kind of our ideas of international living and international investing and diversification have have really come into their own. Yeah, you're so right about the um, uh, about having that, uh, you know, that kind of contingency uh, plan B uh, when it comes to, you know, visas or residencies or citizenships or passports or what have you. Um, you know, it's it's just brought into such higher relief just how important that is at the moment. Because you know, as you and I both know, as we as we kind of travel around during this very peculiar time in in history, um, you know, you can very very quickly see those rights to travel revoked, depending on you know if you're just sort of have the one passport or you're confined to the one country depending on how COVID rules change. And that, that's been a real game changer, I feel like. Um, and I've I've been almost caught out a few times, but fortunately have managed to slip in and out of borders. But um but that, you know, that that's that's really come into its own as as a pretty key factor for for internationalization. Absolutely, Joel. And just the fickleness of it. So mm-hmm. you know the so I was I had meetings scheduled in New York for around October 22nd and basically listen to this for insanity so I was precluded from traveling from um from either Ireland or Portugal which you know where you know knock on wood everything feels comfortable and manageable and safe and very low incidences of COVID and illness, et cetera. I was not allowed to travel into the the US, but from Mexico, I would have been. So this is just sheer insanity. Mexico, which has been a mess with COVID, you know, I would have been able to travel, you know, without any restrictions into the US. So the the only country travel the the only kind of travel hurdle i've had was a a planned trip to the to the us in october um and at that point when i was planning it traveling from europe on a european passport into the us but what wasn't allowed it it seems like that's on the verge of verge of changing now but very interestingly you know that the folks i was I was meeting, I was kind of saying, you know, I feel a bit uncertain about this trip. Um, and, you know, my plan was to go from there on to, to Panama. And, you know, everyone else who's who's US-based said, well, we'll 
let's do this in Panama, you know, New York, Panama, who mm-hmm. cares? Right, and right. that's the way it, it was just a really interesting observation about how, you know, does New York matter anymore? You know, maybe it matters for concerts or, but, but as this kind of this hub, you know, all these people, you know, were excited about the opportunity of, 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 of going to Panama and and doing that that same meeting there, you know, I just see it in the profile of tenants I have in various markets where various markets where where I have rentals. In fact, in a number of places, both in Baja California Sur and also in the Riviera Maya, I've transitioned from short-term vacation rentals into long-term rentals for this kind of type of digital nomad stroke relocator stroke work from home market. And, you know, long-term rental rates have increased by, you know, 200 to 250%. So all of a sudden it's more economical. It's a better business to be renting long-term than short-term in some of these vacation markets. Now, again, what's really interesting about this is I made those decisions before the vacationers were coming back in, in, in numbers. So now we've got this kind of this, this supply crunch where a lot of the vacation home inventory has moved over to long-term rentals. So short-term rental prices are, are, are popping as well. So it's, it's very, it's very interesting to have a ringside seat and just to kind of watch how it's, how it's all playing out. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, you, you mentioned that kind of shift, and I guess, I guess part of that, um, and I'm speaking just from personal experience here as a as a father of a of a young, uh, you know, got a six year old daughter. Um, you know, we notice my wife and I as we as we travel around, just how many people have become fed up with. You mentioned education before. Uh, how many people have become fed up with whatever particular situation they had with you know school lockdowns and kids having to zoom to class and, you know, being denied all of those, that kind of social interaction, which is so critical at a young age, uh, you know, down here in, in Cabo, for example, we're on the road right now. And, and uh, you know, we see just here at the resort, there are, you know, nannies, there are, you know, pop-up uh, kind of homeschool groups where kids are learning Spanish. They're, they're out there interacting, they're playing in the sunshine, they're having a great time of it. And I think more and more young families, uh, as you mentioned before, they're starting to look uh, at these kind of, um, you know, alternative living arrangements and saying, you know, I could be, I could be locked down, you know, in in my home with my kids, you know, not having access to, uh, you know, to social interaction or education for the next goodness knows how long. And, you know, with the rules just being, you know, subject to change at a whim, or I could set up something a bit more permanent and, uh, you know, to the benefit of my child. So that's another thing that I think, uh, you know, people may not be be so fully aware of. Yeah, I mean, I think that people and, you know, I count myself as one of these people you get brought up in a in a certain way like we do in Ireland about the, the central importance of these kind of formal educational institutions and you know even the idea of taking kids out of school for a couple of weeks here or there might have been frowned upon but that all gets ripped up when the government decides there's no school for a year or the bones (laughs) of it and 
and you you realize that so there i mean the 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 impacts of this in terms of learning and socialization and all that who knows how what they'll be or how long they'll they'll play out but again it just speaks to this thing that when you when you have all your eggs in that basket you know you're you're very very vulnerable very mm-hmm. vulnerable to to things you know to decisions other people make to things that are be beyond your control and you know i the i was just looking at um just before we came on you know i was just just reading the new york times and i was just reading their kind of property feature and i was just looking at the you know just this kind of portrait of a young couple looking for a condo and the condo was two million dollars and the holding costs like before mortgage were like three three thousand dollars a month and you know it was a thousand square foot condo and they had a doorman but basically it's a it's a thousand square feet box and Mm -hmm. you know then you come somewhere like here and where i'm talking to you from joel my monthly mortgage in a beachfront condo just overlooking just the most pristine stretch of atlantic beach you could imagine with the fabulous golf course to my left um i'll I'll snap a photo when when we're off here and a video and maybe you can share that all in for for like 850 euro per month that's mortgage plus hoa fees and plus all my taxes plus all my refuse everything in and you know it's just a no-brainer if you can if you are at all in a position to be flexible you know there is just so much more available out there and then you know even if you're not in a position to be flexible all the time i left this apartment for my kind of my 10 week sojourn in 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 ireland ireland plus some traveling around and in those 10 weeks alone um i made it available short term rental and more than a year's costs were covered in those 10 10 summer weeks alone. Wow. <laughs> um, that's amazing so so th- there are ways you can physically, financially, and otherwise organize yourself that kind of takes you out of that kind of, I guess, the metro boulot dodo, as the, the 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 French would say, but just that grind. Right. So, th- I mean, on that, let's talk a little bit of you know, kind of nuts and bolts with regards to price, mate, because you know, I. I have had people on this show who, you know, recently moved out of California, you know, moved to a, a state like Texas, let's say, where, um, you know, where housing costs are lower, but uh, property taxes are still considerably high in uh, in a place like Texas. But I have friends, actually, a mate of mine just listed his Hoboken um, townhouse on the market yesterday and is looking to move, you know, somewhere, <laughs> somewhere away from what he calls the the nightmare of, of the Northeast metropolises. But, um, you know, so this is a big, uh, a big trend. Um, I notice on, on um, a site like Zillow, for example, I, I just saw this morning that the typical home price 
in the US over the last year went up something like 13, 13.2%, I think it was. And some of the cities, you know, like Austin was up over 30%. So I'm kind of, I'm thinking, is this, is this the time to sell high if you're in one of those places in the United States where you've seen your property price, you know, increase fairly dramatically over the past year? Is it, I mean, I'm guessing you would, you would, uh, you would advise to to cash in, sell high, and then and then take those chips elsewhere where you can get a lot more a lot more bang for your buck. Yeah, I mean, I guess on the the sell equation, Joel. You know, I mean, I'm 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 hesitant to kind of take any big view on whether any particular kind of market is is mm-hmm. in domestically in in the US is is overpriced that's not really my my beat mm-hmm. what i would say is that if i was in your if i was in someone's shoes sitting on a lot of equity or money tied up in US real estate um our canadian real estate our australian real estate i would say that now is a good moment to release some of that, whether that's via sale or, or refinancing, and put it elsewhere, put it in a place that has yet to see this type of, you know, really, really strong growth. You know, put it in places that are at the early stages of big, strong development and growth trajectories. Put it in a place where, you know, you can get eight, nine, 12 percent, even more rental yields, you know, put it in a place where your where your capital has 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 real value. And um, you know, there, there's a mix of kind of ways you can you can you can do that. One very interesting thing about port here in Portugal right now and also other parts of Europe is like interest rates are on the absolute floor. I got a quote yesterday for a mortgage at a 0.49% interest rate. Okay. So, you know, the statistics are showing five to 6% inflation rates. Who knows what the true number is, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely not lower than 5%. So, I mean, this is, this is an, a, deep negative real interest rate and for paying a bit more i can i can fix if i was willing to pay 1.4 1. 1.5% 1. i could fix for 10 to 10 to 15 years so anyone worried about inflation you know blue chip best in class real estate fixed at incredibly low low interest rates with strong rental income you know i think you'll do you'll do extremely well and then on the flip, you can go to to other markets that are much more kind of cash starved. You know, take some capital. You know, go to a go to a city like like Medellin that's vibrant, that's that's on the up, that's attracting lots of digital nomads, but whose currency has been hit really really hard dur- during covid mm-hmm. so there's there's many ways you can you you can you you can play this but i certainly would be you know friends of mine who have like significant net worths tied up in real estate in london or dublin you know i'm 
nudging them in the direction of taking a bit of that and 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 moving moving it moving it elsewhere because um yeah it just it just feels unnecessary to 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 carry that risk and and John I honestly I mean the 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 price of many of these markets but is there going to be a crash I mean I I don't know. I mean, right. I mean, you guys probably have your views over there on, you know, where all the money printing is going. Is this going to continue? <laughs> you know, is it, is it, is the, you know, so, um, so I'm, I'm hesitant to, to call crashes anywhere, but what I firmly believe is that there are places where you can buy at the ground floor of big long-term development trends and just buy and sit on best in class real estate and you know it'll perform extremely well both in the short and medium term right yeah it's a you've been writing about uh i i recognize your uh your your phrase from one of your or many of your columns years ago when you said that you were looking for things in the path of progress um explain to me just super quickly how how you uh, kind of identify those things whether it's you know local airports coming in or or uh, you know influx of con- uh, construction or whatever but how you identify those places and, and maybe a couple of uh, hotspots that are on your radar at present yeah sure you know absolutely i mean this is just one of one of my kind of core ideas and core idea at, at Real Estate Trend Alert is that we want to buy ahead of a major path of progress event. That's roads coming, airports coming, tourism infrastructure coming, just all this type of stuff that that facilitates, you know, folks wanting to kind of to 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 live and work there. And I'd say as a kind of as a first example and maybe the kind of the 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 ultimate case study that comes to mind is the the Riviera Maya in in Mexico. And it's really interesting because just before COVID hit, you know, this is the stretch of Caribbean Mexico that runs from Cancun to Tulum. I traveled there with Bill, with Bill Bonner. And Bill hadn't been there since he went on a research trip for the first ever issue of International Living, which I think was was 1979. I think I could stand corrected. I I was going to say it would have to be in the 70s. That's amazing. Yeah. So so Bill flew to Merida at the time because I think there was no Cancun airport or the Cancun airport wasn't fully wasn't fully set up um drove towards the coast drove along the coast and in tulum he found nothing but an empty beach and i believe um naked hippies frolicking in the water was 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 how he phrased it uh-huh. so, so if we look at what's happened since then you know the first major path of progress event was um the Mexican tourism promotion body um, called Fonatur, they put together a package of infrastructure and tax incentives and created the international airport. They kind of, they created the, the 
the infrastructure in terms of the physical infrastructure, but also the business environment that would would attract these big hotel chains to come. Cancun developed. Then they built a road from Cancun to Playa del Carmen, which at the time was just a very small fishing village, just literally in the early days of even when I first went there about 17, 18 years ago, you know, it was more, it was kind of mostly a jumping off point where you get the ferry over to Cozumel for, for, for diving. Infrastructure, a new highway, physical infrastructure for resorts and hotels was created, more development came. Then in the past kind of 10, 15 years, that infrastructure has been extended to, to Tulum. So we've been able to buy in Tulum ahead of this kind of next wave of development and, and, and path of progress. And interestingly, at each step along the way, you know, the, the, the target market has been refined. You know, in the early days of Cancun, it was kind of mass market tourism. Then Playa del Carmen became a bit more sophisticated and and boutique. And, you know, now with Tulum, we've got the kind of the ultimate in that in terms of all the various kind of yoga retreats and and, and all that jazz. So typically it's a mixture of big, big trends. So with the with the emergence of the Riviera Maya, you had the, the trend of international air travel. You had the physical infrastructure of the physical infrastructure of, of the airport. You had this stunning, pristine Caribbean paradise. So an absolutely beautiful canvas to, to, to put it all on. So, mm. so it's a combination of, of those things coming together, you know, often with often with kind of local local twists which can be either things like low land costs which allow us to buy cheaply at the ground floor you know sometimes land scarcities that mean that values can pop pretty quickly so this kind of this range of 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 things and and you know and likewise with with Cabo you know Cabo where you're now has seen a seen a, a similar story um again this mix of physical infrastructure airport consumer trends a business environment you know all, all these things so it's 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 a basket of all these things and it's really very much through just kind of living and breathing and being on the ground with the experience and the contacts to get a sense of what's what's really happening you know that that's how it all comes together in terms of forming a reliable view yeah it's really amazing the kind of opportunities that you can uh, avail yourself of when you just look beyond <laughs> beyond your own back fence um and obviously you've been <clears throat> you've been helping people with the, your real estate trend alert um, you know, just see that little bit further, uh, whether it be into the next the next country or or into the next decade when that that path of progress unfolds, mate. Just before uh, we we shoot off here, because uh, I I realise I've taken quite a bit of your your time. Um, w- one thing that I think people are probably a little wary of, and especially at the moment, 
um, is something like healthcare abroad. And, you know, it's kind of a bit of a security blanket when you're in, you know, say a so-called developed nation in the US or Australia or or, uh, or Canada, Ireland, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> um, you know, when you travel abroad, particularly during a pandemic, people worry, I think, a little bit about, you know, they might get caught off guard. They might have to, uh, you know, they might have to deal with kind of a health or hospital situation. Uh, you know, living in Argentina, I know that I can get first rate private health care for a fraction of what I would have to pay with the outlandish costs, uh, you know, comparable in the United States. But just speak for a, a quick second about, you know, what it's like in, say, Mexico or or some of the other places that you spend your time um, and, and let people know just, you know, the situation vis-a-vis healthcare abroad. Yeah. So knock on wood, I've never had to kind of to to consume any of their their product my my sense from speaking with a lot of people who have and for whom it's a top top consideration is in general they can do much much better um overseas in terms of in terms of choice and service and in in terms of in terms of options so first of all let's say uh an American moves to Cabo, they can get much, much better cover for a fraction of the cost from pretty much any private hospital anywhere in the world except in the US. So you've mm-hmm. you've this situation with uh, a lot of a lot of people I know in, in Cabo who've got this amazing cover, but they've no cover in in the US because their policy just exempts They've they've no cover in in the U.S., but they can get whatever they want outside of the U.S. I'd say standards are generally very. You know, you've a place in a place like Mexico, you've got all these chains of international hospitals. Um, in Europe, you've got the kind of the full spectrum of public and and private systems. Um, I my my personal health insurance comes out of out of Portugal and but I've got one of these kind of international policies that again covers me anywhere in the world for basically any private hospital except the US and Canada so now I, I'm, I'm petrified about connecting through the US in case I slip and hit my head because right. every, every time I talk to my insurer they say you know now don't call us don't call us from the US call us from anywhere else and and it's it's access so it's a global global company so um you know i on i i guess in all seriousness if someone has a chronic condition are there their they've risks you know you'd want to be very careful about being a long way from a from a major hospital you know is there helicopter evac is that a, an option in most cases it is like i think in rancho santana in nicaragua for example that we're familiar with i think generally there's a there's a helicopter evac option but you know once you're close to the the big civilization like there in Cabo you've got multiple of these kind of big chains if there's a significant problem that needs a major 
hospital. Maybe you get flown to Guadalajara. They'll also repatriate people a lot to the States if your insurance covers. Um, so I, I feel, Joel, maybe I'm not giving you a great answer because it's not kind of top of, it's not something I've experienced that I'm very fortunate not to have been a, a consumer, but <laughs> my sense is you get much better choice, much better service. You'll get the from in the the the, the bigger centers and the major hospitals. You'll get world class treatment. Um, you won't have the weights that maybe we have somewhere like like Ireland, and you will have much lower costs and you know maybe much less maybe more pragmatic less testing less prodding and poking than maybe you 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 get in the states but there's healthcare just should not be a hurdle to to anyone because you know in in all these countries you know they're very very sophisticated markets for 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 healthcare there's top flight private hospitals in some places the public system is is excellent otherwise it's it's a nightmare um so it it just should moving overseas should again just mean that if you are a healthcare consumer you get more for less on that front too yeah and i i just i just add to that too i think uh, you mentioned i mean healthcare abroad but also just general wellness abroad. And, you know, you, we started out this conversation describing, um, you know, somebody who was perhaps uh, cubicle bound and spending time, you know, in an, an hour or two of, of rush hour traffic every day, <clears throat> you know, worried about bills, worried about costs, worried about inflation, um, you know, all that kind of eats away at not just your mental, but your physical health as well. So it's, you know, it's a long way different than waking up in the morning uh, you know, as as Bill wrote in his very first international, um, uh, what was it, International Living magazine, uh, you know, you wake up in the morning, the smell of hollyhocks, your maid brings you <laughs> fresh orange juice. Yeah. I mean, just a, a completely different level of stress. Um, and and you would see it as well as I do when you're, you're touring around these places, people are relaxed, they're enjoying their life. <clears throat> and, uh, and, you know, they're, they're not highly strung, they're not being fed <clears throat> fear and um, and you know just consuming that news cycle all the time, which can be cannot be good <clears throat> for one's stress levels. But um, mate, I I want to leave this on a on a positive note. Where uh, in the world are you headed next, and when can you and I catch up? For an in-person beer, it seems like we're zigzagging around and, and just missing one another. <laughs> you, you'll just need to hang tough in Cabo until the 1st of November and I'll see you there. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm in Lisbon next week, Porto the following week, then back here on the Silver Coast for a week. Then I'm in the Riviera Maya for a week, then Panama and then to Cabo, and then I'll, I'll hunker down in, in Cabo. And if you're still in Cabo, do stay for this, because I'm going to bring you to, to some of my favourite favorite spots. Forget that Medano. Um, I'm going to bring you up the Pacific to Todos Santos and to, 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 to far more far more appropriate locations than that tourist trap. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right, mate. I, I look forward to it. An international real estate hunter, still one of my favorite job titles of all time, Ronan. Mate, I look forward to uh, look forward to catching up. And thanks so much for for taking the time. Always very generous with your your thoughts and insights. Thanks so much, Joel. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bonner Private Research Podcast. You can find more conversations like this in the members-only section of our website at bonnerprivateresearch.com. If you would like to contact us, please address compliments and complaints alike to podcast at bonnerprivateresearch.com. We look forward to hearing from you either way. Until next week.